0: chapter twenty one part one of the ladies book of etiquette and manual of politeness by florence hartley this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by christine lamberton chapter twenty one accomplishments part one in the present age when education is within the reach of all both rich and poor every lady will endeavour to become not only well educated but accomplished it is not as some will assert a waste of time or money not only the fingers voice and figure are improved but the heart and intellect will become refined and the happiness greatly increased take the young lady after a solid basis has been laid in her mind of the more important branches of education and rear upon that basis the structure of lighter education the accomplishments to cultivate these disregarding the more solid information is to build your castle without any foundation and make it not only absurd but unsteady the pleasure of hearing from a lady a cavatina executed in the most finished manner will be entirely destroyed if her first spoken words after the performance are vulgar or her sentence ungrammatical a lady without her piano or her pencil her library of french german or italian authors her fancy work and tasteful embroideries is now rarely met with and it is right that such arts should be universal no woman is fitted for society until she dances well for home unless she is perfect mistress of needlework for her own enjoyment unless she has at least one accomplishment to occupy thoughts and fingers in her hours of leisure First upon the list of accomplishments comes the art of conversing well. It is always ready. Circumstances in society will constantly throw you into positions where you can use no other accomplishment. You will not have a musical instrument within reach. Singing would be out of place. Your fancy work at home on many occasions and then you can exert your most fascinating as well as useful accomplishment the art of conversing well little culture unfortunately is bestowed upon this accomplishment which beyond all others promotes the happiness of home enlivens society and improves the minds of both speaker and listener how many excellent women are deficient in the power of expressing themselves well or indeed of expressing themselves at all how many minds cream and mantle from the want of energy to pour themselves out in words on the other hand how some equally well intentioned drown the very senses in their torrent of remarks which dashes like a waterfall into a sombre pool of ennui below. One lady will enter society well-dressed, well-looking, polite. She does not intend to chill it by her presence, yet her absence is found a relief. She takes her place as if she considered it sufficient to dress and look well. She brings no stock to the community of ideas. Her eyes return no response to the discourse which is going on. When you have once glanced at her, she becomes a mere expletive in the company. Another one will be found a talker. She is like a canary bird. When others begin to speak, she hurries in her remarks in an accompaniment her voice must be uppermost conversation becomes a contest who can speak the most rapidly the timid and modest retire from the encounter she has the field to herself she goes on without mercy the voice of a siren would fatigue if heard continually others revolt at the injustice of the monopoly and the words fall on ears that would be deaf if they could these are extreme cases there are many other minor errors the higher qualities of conversation must undoubtedly be based upon the higher qualities of the mind then it is indeed a privilege to commune with others To acquire the power of thus imparting the highest pleasure by conversational powers, attention must be paid to literature. I am supposing the solid foundation of a good education already laid, but by literature I do not mean only that class of it which is taught at school. Reading at the present day is too much confined to light literature i would not speak against this the modern novels and the poets of all ages are good reading but let them be taken in moderation and varied by something more solid let them be the dessert to the more substantial dinner of history travels and works of a like nature independent of the strength and polish given to the mind by a thorough course of reading there is another reason why a lady should devote some portion of her time to it she cannot do without it she may lacking this pass through life respectably even elegantly but she cannot take her part in a communing with superior minds she may enjoy in wondering the radiance of their intelligence but the wondering must be composed in part of amazement at her own folly in not having herself sought out the treasure concealed in the fathomless depths of books she cannot truly enjoy society with this art neglected she may for a few brief years be the ornament of the drawing-room but it must be like many other ornaments there in still life she can never be the companion of the intellectual and the time is gone by when women with all their energies excited will be contented to be the mere plaything of brother, husband, or father. Still, it is not to the erudite, nor to the imaginative only, that it is given to please in conversation. The art of imparting our ideas easily and elegantly to others may be improved by ourselves if there are opportunities of mingling in good society with little study the mind must first be cultivated but it should not abash those who are conscious of moderate talents or imperfect cultivation from taking a due part in conversation on account of their inferiority It is a very different thing to shine and to please to shine in society is more frequently attempted than compassed to please is in the power of all the effort to shine when fruitless brings a certain disgrace and engenders mortification all good people are inclined to take the will for the deed when they see a desire to please a gentle deferential kind manner will disarm even the most discerning from criticizing too severely the deficiencies of the inexperienced confidence disrespect of others volubility eagerness to dispute must irritate the self-love of others and produce an averseness to acknowledge talent or information where they may even happen to exist. It is wiser and safer for a young lady, in general, to observe the good old-fashioned rule of being addressed first, but then she must receive the address readily, meeting it halfway, repaying it by enlarging a little upon the topic thus selected and not sinking into dull silence the moment after a reply is given some young ladies start as if thunderstruck when spoken to and stare as if the person who pays them that attention had no right to awaken them from their reverie others look affronted possibly from shyness and begin a derogatory attack upon the beauty of their dress by twitching the front breadth, or move from side to side in evident distress and consternation. Time remedies these defects, but there is one less curable and less endurable, that of pertness and flippancy. The loud remarks and exclamations the look of self-sufficiency and confidence but these offensive manifestations spring from some previous and deep-seated defects of character and are only to be repelled by what i fear they will frequently encounter the mortification of inspiring disgust neither is the lengthy prosy didactic reply consistent with the submission and simplicity of youth egotism and egotism once removed that is the bringing into the topic one's own family and relations are also antidotes to the true spirit of conversation in general it is wiser more in good taste safer more becoming certainly more in accordance with good breeding to avoid talking of persons there are many snares in such topics not merely the danger of calumniating but that of engendering a slippery conscience in matters of fact a young girl shy and inexpert states a circumstance she feels her deficiency as a narrator for the power of telling a story is a power to be acquired only by practice she is sometimes tempted to heighten a little the incidents in order to get on a little better and to make more impression she must of course defend her positions and then she perils the sanctity of truth besides few things narrow the intellect more than dwelling on the peculiarities natural or incidental of that small coterie of persons who constitute our world it is in general a wise rule and one which will tend much to ensure your comfort through life to avoid disclosures to others of family affairs i do not mean to recommend reserve or art to friends and relations too great frankness can hardly be practised but with acquaintance the less our own circumstances are discussed the happier and more dignified will our commerce with them continue on the same principle let the concerns of others be touched upon with delicacy or if possible passed over in silence more especially those details which relate to strictly personal or family affairs public deeds are of course public property but personal affairs are private and there is a want of true good breeding a want of consideration and deference in speaking freely of them even if your friend is unconscious of the liberty taken. It seems paradoxical to observe that the art of listening well forms a part of the duty of conversation. To give up the whole of your attention to the person who addresses himself to you is sometimes a heavy tax, but it is one which we must pay for the privileges of social life and an early practice will render it an almost involuntary act of good breeding whilst consideration for others will give this little sacrifice a merit and a charm to listen well is to make an unconscious advance in the power of conversing in listening we perceive in what the interest in what the failure of others consists we become too aware of our own deficiencies without having them taught through the medium of humiliation we find ourselves often more ignorant than we could have supposed possible we learn by a very moderate attention to the sort of topics which please to form a style of our own the art of conversation is an unpleasant phrase the power of conversing well is least agreeable when it assumes the character of an art in listening a well-bred lady will gently sympathize with the speaker or if needs be differ as gently much character is shown in the act of listening some people appear to be in a violent hurry whilst another speaks they hasten on the person who addresses them as one would urge on a horse with incessant yes yes very good indeed proceed others sit on the full stair eyes fixed as those of an owl upon the speaker others will receive every observation with a little hysterical giggle but all these vices of manner may be avoided by a gentle attention and a certain calm dignity of manner based upon a reflective cultivated mind observation reading and study will form the groundwork for good powers of conversation and the more you read study and see the more varied and interesting will be your topics a young lady should consider music as one branch of her education inferior in importance to most of those studies which are pointed out to her but attainable in a sufficient degree by the aid of time perseverance and a moderate degree of instruction begun early and pursued steadily there is ample leisure in youth for the attainment of a science which confers more cheerfulness and brings more pleasure than can readily be conceived a young lady should be able to play with taste correctness and readiness upon the general principle that a well-educated woman should do all things well this i should suppose is in the power of most persons and it may be attained without loss of health of time or any sacrifice of an important nature she should consider it an advantage a power to be employed for the gratification of others and to be indulged with moderation and good sense for her own resource as a change of occupation consider in this light music is what providence intended it to be a social blessing the whole creation is replete with music a benignant power has made the language of the feathered tribe harmony Let us not suppose that he condemns his other creatures to silence in the song music has an influence peculiar to itself it can allay the irritation of the mind it cements families and makes a home which might sometimes be monotonous a scene of pleasant excitement pursued as a recreation it is gentle rational ladylike followed as a sole object it loses its charm because we perceive it is then overrated the young lady who comes modestly forward when called upon as a performer would cease to please were she for an instant to assume the air and confidence of a professional musician there is a certain style and manner confined now to second-rate performers for the highest and most esteemed dispense with it there is an effort and a dash which disgust in the lady who has bad taste enough to assume them and whilst i am on this topic let me remark that there is a great deal in the choice of music in the selection of its character its suitability to your feelings style and taste and this especially with respect to vocal music there is no doubt that a good italian style is the best for instruction and that it produces the most careful and accomplished singers suppose a case your parents most fair reader have paid a high price to some excellent professor to instruct you and with a fair ear and a sufficient voice you have been taught some of those elaborate songs which are most popular at the opera a party is assembled music is one of the diversions forth you step and with a just apprehension of the difficulties of your task select one of those immortal compositions which the most eminent have made their study you execute it wonderfully only just falling a little short of all the song should be only just provoking a comparison in every mind with a high standard present in the memory of every cultivated musician near you a cold approval or a good-natured bravo with believe me though you do not hear it a thorough and often expressed conviction that you had better have left the thing alone follows the effort which has merely proclaimed the fact that spite of time and money spent upon the cultivation of your voice you are but a second-rate singer but choose a wiser a less pretending a less conspicuous path throw your knowledge into compositions of a less startling less aspiring character try only what you can compass be wise enough not to proclaim your deficiencies and the critics will go away disarmed even if they are not charmed but if there be any voice any feeling any science the touching melody made vocal by youth and taste will obtain even a far higher degree of encomium than perhaps it actually merits you will please you will be asked to renew your efforts people will not be afraid of condensers five minutes long or of bravuras every note of which makes one hope it may be the last it is true that to a person who loves music the performance of one of the incomparable songs of berlini rossini flotto or mozart is an actual delight but when attempted by a young amateur it should be like many other delights confined to the private circle and not visited upon society in general Do not suppose that I mean to recommend poor music or feeble, ephemeral compositions. What is good need not, of necessity, be always difficult. Ballad music is rich in songs adapted for the private performer, and there are many, in Italian, of great beauty, which though they would not be selected for a concert room or for brilliant display are adapted for ladies music is the greatest best substitute for conversation it has many merits in this light it can never provoke angry retort it can never make enemies it can injure no one's character by slander and in playing and singing one can commit no indiscretion music is a most excellent amusement and in society an indispensable one it aids conversation by occasionally interrupting it for a short period to be renewed with new impetuous it makes the most delightful recreation for the home circle varying the toil and trouble of the father's or husband's working day by the pleasures of the evening made by music's power to glide smoothly and swiftly there are but few persons who are entirely without a love for music even if they do not understand it they will be borne along upon the waves of a sweet melody to high pure thoughts often to delicious memories the piano is at the present day the most popular instrument in society the harp has ceased to be fashionable though it is sometimes heard the latter is a most beautiful accompaniment for the voice but requires a large room as in a small one will sound stringy and harsh The guitar while it makes a very pleasant accompaniment for the voice also has the advantage of being easily carried from place to place it requires as much judgment to select proper instrumental pieces for a parlor performance as you would display in a choice of songs page after page of black closely printed notes will drive those who see them from the piano They may be executed in the most finished style, but they are not suited to general society. In their place for practice or for a musical soiree, where everyone puts forth her best musical powers, they are appropriate and will give pleasure, but they are not suited for a mixed party. When asked to play, choose, if you will, a brilliant showy piece but let it be short it is better still to make no attempt at display but simply try to please selecting the music your own judgment tells you is best suited to your audience avoid the loud thumping style and also the over solemn style be sure before you accept any invitation to play That you know perfectly the piece you undertake it is better to play the simplest airs in a finished faultless manner than to play imperfectly the most brilliant variations avoid movement at the piano swinging the body to and fro moving the head rolling the eyes raising the hands too much are all bad tricks and should be carefully abstained from with respect to drawing modeling or any pursuits of the same nature so much depends on taste and opportunity and they are so little the accomplishments of society that they require but few of those restrictions which music in its use and abuse demands drawing like music should be cultivated early its advantages are the habits of perseverance and occupation which it induces and the additional delight which it gives to the works both of nature and of art like music it gives independence independence of society the true lover of the arts has a superiority over the indifferent and if she be not better prepared for society is much better fitted for retirement than those who are not so happily endowed with tastes when in moderation so innocent and beneficial there is no accomplishment more graceful pleasing healthy and ladylike than that of riding well avoiding at the same time timidity and the fast style keeping within the bounds of elegant propriety gracefully yielding to the guidance of your escort and keeping your seat easily yet steadily are all points to be acquired to ride well is undoubtedly an admirable qualification for a lady as she may be as feminine in the saddle as in the ballroom or home circle it is a mistaken idea to suppose that to become an accomplished horsewoman a lady must unsex herself but she must have a reserve in her manner that will prevent contamination from the intercourse which too much riding may lead to to hunt or follow the field sports in a pursuit which is the track of blood disgusts the true admirer of gentle breeding and such diversions will certainly result in a coarseness of manner and expression growing upon the fair equestrian slowly but surely a harsh voice loud tone expressions suited only to manly lips but unconsciously copied will follow her devotion to the unfeminine pursuit. Nothing is more revolting than a woman who catches the tone and expressions of men. To hear the slang of jockeyism from female lips is very offensive, yet ladies who mix in field sports are liable, nay almost certain, to fall into a style of conversation which is ten times worse than the coarsest terms from the lips of a man instances there are of the fairest of our sex from a fondness for such diversions and a habitual participation in such society becoming hard bold and disgusting even whilst retaining all their female loveliness of person a lady unless she lives in the most retired parts of the country should never ride alone and even then she will be awkwardly placed in case of accident without an escort in the cities not only is it unfeminine but positively dangerous for a lady to ride unaccompanied by a gentleman or a man-servant although it is impossible within the limits of this little volume to give many hints upon riding a few may not be amiss like many other accomplishments a teacher is necessary if you wish to attain perfection and no written directions can make you a finished horsewoman unless you have had tuition and practice one in mounting you are desired gentle amazon to spring gracefully into your saddle with the slight assistance of a hand placed beneath the sole of the shoe instead of scrambling uncouthly to your wandering throne as miss fanshaw wittily calls it from a high chair as is frequently done by those who have not been properly instructed to mount in the orthodox manner you should stand nearly close to the horse level with the front of the saddle and taking the reins slackly in your right hand you should place that hand on the nearest pommel to secure your balance in rising and with your left hand gather up the front of the habit so as to leave the feet clear the gentleman should place himself firmly near but not so near to you as to impede your rising and with the same view must hold his head well back as should he lose his hat from a whisk of your habit the effect produced is not good you should then present your left foot and the gentleman placing one hand beneath its sole and the other above so as to possess a safe hold should with nice judgment give just such assistance as will enable you easily with a spring to vault gracefully into the saddle you will then arrange your right leg comfortably over the pommel your cavalier will then place your left foot in the stirrup and arrange the flow of the habit skirt and all is complete all this though so seemingly simple and easy requires some little practice to effect neatly and gracefully two secondly when riding with a gentleman remember that you are best placed on the left side because in that position the graceful flow of your habit is seen to the greatest advantage while it does not inconvenience the gentleman by getting entangled with his stirrup nor does it receive the splashes of his horse three but when you have a double attendance of cavaliers if you be at all a timid rider it may become discreet to pack you forgive the homely phrase between the two since in this position you are the most thoroughly protected from your own horses shying or from other horses or vehicles approaching you too closely being thus forced to take that part of the road to which the better judgment of your companions inevitably guides you if you be an accomplished equestrian you will prefer being outside and as has been said to the left sit erect in the middle of your saddle turning your face full towards the head of your horse cling as closely as possible to the saddle but avoid stooping forward or using your hands to keep you in your seat nervous motions on horseback are not only ungraceful but dangerous as your horse will not make any allowance for the delicacy of your nerves and may prove his objections to a jerking hand or a twitching rein in a most decided and disagreeable manner. The riding dress or habit is best made to fit the figure tightly, with tight sleeves. It may be open in the front, over a neatly fitting chemisette, or buttoned close to the throat, with a neat linen collar and cuffs the loose sack is ungraceful but a basque is most becoming on horseback gauntlet gloves of leather are the most suitable and must be loose enough to give your hand perfect freedom yet not so loose as to interfere with its motions do not wear the skirt too long it will be dangerous in case of accident and it may prove annoying to your horse your habit must be made of a material sufficiently heavy to hang gracefully and not move too much with the wind for a winter habit a warmly lined basque trimmed at the throat and hands with fur is an excellent and appropriate dress and a round cap of the same cloth as the habit with a band and pieces to cover the ears of fur to match the dress trimmings makes a handsome and appropriate dress in summer your hat should be of fine straw and slouched to shade the face in winter of felt or if you prefer a close cap of cloth the hat may be trimmed with feathers or knots of ribbon and the shape should be one to protect the complexion at the same time graceful and becoming avoid any display in a riding dress choose a material of some dark or neutral tint and never use showy trimmings curls or any flowing loose style of wearing the hair will be found exceedingly troublesome on horseback arrange it neatly and compactly under your hat for if a stray curl or lock annoys you or is blown across your eyes by the wind your hands will be too fully occupied to remedy the difficulty your whip should be light and small tasteful if you will but not showy at the period for which these hints are intended the modern languages should form a portion of acquirement as in music an intelligent and assiduous girl may i believe acquire an adequate degree of proficiency in french german and italian without having been abroad though a foreign tour will be of the greatest use in the acquisition of the accent and niceties of each tongue with respect to french it is no doubt essential to comfort To understand it it is one of the attributes of a lady to speak it well still it is not indispensable to speak it so well that the american lady is mistaken for a parisian this which but seldom happens can only be acquired in most cases by a residence abroad but french is thoroughly and grammatically taught in america It is only the habit of speaking, the idioms and niceties, which cannot be acquired except by converse with a native. There are hundreds of competent instructors in this country, French ladies and gentlemen amongst the number, who form classes for conversation and familiarizing their pupils with these very idioms, After availing herself of such advantages, a young lady will find that a very short residence abroad will improve and facilitate her French conversation. Much, however, will depend upon how you use the opportunities within your reach. There are many opportunities of practice in large towns, and foreigners give all facilities by their readiness to converse their good nature in listening and in helping the beginner by kind hints if a young lady with simplicity good breeding and good taste endeavours to speak whenever she has an opportunity words will come as if by intuition do not think of bystanders and lookers-on think only of the individual to whom you are addressing yourself if possible be not abashed by one or two errors at the first plunge swim on till you have confidence the effort i grant is great and it may be obviated by a foreign education but where this is impossible the freedom acquired will more than repay the exertion in foreign literature walk carefully and if you have an older wiser head than your own to point out the best paths improve the advantage one cannot help deeming it a great era in education that german is cultivated as well as italian and french and that stores of literature are opened to vary the delights of intellect and to give freshness and interest to the studies of youth the rapture with which the works of schiller are pursued in the original seems to repay the hours devoted to german and i am sure the perusal of tasso or of the artistodemo of monti would reward the study of italian were not the acquisition of that exquisite language of itself a source of poetic pleasure the modern french writers have increased an everlasting responsibility in corrupting the sources of amusement open to the young readers and it is remarkable that most of the distinguished french authors seem to have felt that they had erred and to have retrieved in some of their works the tendencies of their other productions take for instance madame de stal her books cannot be judged altogether the effect of some of her eloquent and almost incomparable writings varies in an extraordinary degree whilst delphine is unfit for the perusal of a modest woman her lalemagne is finely written throughout and her criticisms and analysis of german writers are full of instruction as well as interest still the works open to readers of french are numerous the tragedies of Corneille and racine are forcible and finished and should be read because classical the Alzeer of voltaire and his Zaire, with the dramas of casimir de la vigne are also worthy of perusal it is not an inspiriting kind of reading but it is rich in sentiment and perfectly unexceptionable in moral tone although the skepticism of most german writers renders this literature dangerous to a young mind there are fields of pure noble writing open in that language the works of schiller for example his mind was originally noble his heart good his love to mankind and his inquiry after truth was sincere in early life he wavered and the besetting scepticism of the germans dimmed for a time his perceptions of all that is most sublime as well as true in our finite knowledge he was chastened he suffered he believed he died an early but a bright instance that great genius may exist with true and humble piety and that the mind is never so powerful as when illumined by divine light his works are a magnificent library in themselves, and I could almost say, be contented to learn German and read Schiller. Some of his works are open to objection. His Bride of Messina, portions of The Robbers, are better omitted from your collection. But Wallenstein and Maria Stuart are noble and admirable productions. On this subject, and indeed on the whole of German literature, Madame de Stal is an excellent guide in her Lalomang, to which I refer the young German student, who is seriously desirous of gleaning the good and avoiding the evil in German compositions. Italian literature furnishes a delightful theme for comment, it is singular that an enslaved and during many ages a depraved and degraded people should have possessed the purest poetry the least exceptionable drama in europe there is little to exclude and much to recommend in this beautiful language the works of tasso abound with high sentiment the inferno of dante is a sublime picture of eternal retribution softened with most touching pictures of human woe happy are those who have leisure to pursue extensively the acquisition of italian literature they may read and commit to memory without fear of an insidious meaning beneath the polished verse or the prose which has all the charm of poetry. Spanish literature will require the same judicious pruning which is necessary in French and German, but of all the languages it is the most musical for speech and singing. End of chapter 21, part 1